Hello, everyone, and welcome to Answers for Life with Pastor Shelley, where we take life's difficult questions and give meaningful answers using the Word of God. I'm your host, Noah Wagner. I'm here once again with Pastor Shelley. It's been a while since we've been up here in the studio to record a podcast. Uh, we've been really busy. It's summertime, uh, getting some stuff going here, here at our church, but we're excited to be back. And this past week, there was a big meeting that took place, a pretty significant meeting meeting known as the Southern Baptist Convention. And this year in particular was bigger than most years. There were uh, 15,000, over 15,000 messengers, almost 4,000 guests, a bunch of exhibitors to to a total of attendance of over 21,000 People, 21,000 Southern Baptists getting together for the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, it was it was a big meeting that took place last week. And so we wanted to bring you a podcast to, to kind of let you know what went on there. I want to read Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And surely I'll be with you always to the very end of the age. And we are people who care a lot about the Great Commission. We want the nations to hear the gospel and that was very evident at the Southern Baptist Convention. So, Pastor Shelley, here's our question for the day. What happened at the Southern Baptist Convention? That's a great question, and I believe I have my spin on the answer, and I hope everybody will agree with that. First of all, it is good to be back, Noah. Yes, it is. Um, it was an incredible convention. It was uh, the largest convention since 1995 in Atlanta, Georgia, and so we're, uh, I, I feel like we're moving in the right direction. I feel like good things happened at this convention, very positive convention. And by the way, this was your first convention, it right? It was, never been before. It was an amazing experience. I'm glad I got to, to participate as a messenger, see how everything kind of went down and, and the way that, that we take care of business together as followers of Christ. And so... Yes, it was an awesome experience. My first time, and I was glad to be a part of it. And you even, they even recruited you to count votes in the middle of the convention. They were shorthanded on counters, and you counted votes, right? That's right, right, on the tellers committee. Yeah. Yeah. Can you confirm to us there was no Russian interference in our election? Not, not, there were no Russian interference in our elections. Well, that is good. I'm I'm glad to know that. Yes, so Noah, I have... uh, Four takeaways from the Southern Baptist Convention 2021. And if you're ready, we'll start with those. Sounds good to me. Number one, here's my first takeaway. The Southern Baptist Convention made an incredible stance on on the abortion issue. And it's the greatest stance that I believe we've ever taken in the history of Southern Baptists. And there should be no doubt that Southern Baptist is pro, pro-life and we're vocal about being pro-life. That's exactly right. There was a resolution that came to the floor and we very, very passionately voted to, it was the resolution on the abolition of abortion. And Southern Baptist took a stance and said, we think that abortion is evil. We, we agree with our Lord and Savior, in, on the sanctity of life, that all people are created in the image of God, 
That includes the, the unborn. And so we are going to stand firm. We're going to do everything that we can to, to help get rid of abortion, this, this genocide of the unborn that's going on in our country. And we're going to do everything that we possibly can to, to end that. I was also excited that in this resolution and from the floor, there was, there was a lot of talk about mercy and compassion mm-hmm. to those who have had an abortion. And not only are we saying no abortion, no abortion, no abortion, and abolishing abortion, but we're also taking a stand to try to reach out to those that have been victims of abortion and try to uh, help them and encourage them. That's exactly right. I mean, a couple of weeks ago, we had Kristen here uh, from the Pregnancy Center, and that was that was her heart. That's our heart as as First Baptist. That's our heart as Southern Baptists, that, that yes, we think that abortion is terrible and we want to get rid of it, but if you have had an abortion, we still love you and we want to help support you um, if you're if you're pregnant now and you're considering um, you know, and you're trying to figure out what are the steps that, that I need to take, we want to be with you because we we love you. Um, we love your child. We love your family. And we want to be able to support you and help you. And, and there was so much love that came out of this resolution. The 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 people that, that stood up and and. And, and spoke, they were very loving and compassionate saying, yes, we want to end abortion, but man, we love these people as well. And so we want to do everything that we can to help support them through whatever decision that they make, because the gospel is more important than, than anything else that, that we could think of. So it, it, was, it was an incredible stance against abortion while standing in love with those who, who are going through difficult situations. That's right. Number two, the Southern Baptist Convention made a clear and strong stance on the racist issue in our history. It was clear that um, that we are against any form of racism, Mm -hmm. but we stood on a biblical perspective of racism and we did not embrace CRT, critical race theory. That's right. And I thought that line was drawn very clearly by our seminary presidents as they explained that, yes, they do teach critical race theory so that the students would have a working knowledge of what critical race theory is. Mm -hmm. But they also make very clear that critical race theory is unbiblical. That's right. Yes, the Southern Baptist Convention, another resolution came up and and it was very clear, and and of course, there there are some some divisions and and some stuff that that can come just from these conversations that are had. Yet, it was very loving and compassionate to say, yes, we stand against race and, or racial discrimination. We stand against racism, and we want to make it clear that racism is a sin, and we want to get rid of it by any means possible. Critical race theory is not the by any means possible. The only means possible is the word of God. Yes. And it is the the established, inerrant, infallible truth that comes from the Bible. And so, and they were very clear that that even in the future, when another theory arises, we're not going to accept it either. Right. We're not going to accept anything that that possibly contradicts the word of God. We stand firm only on the word of God to address race, to address abortion, to address 
anything that, that we're ever going to face. And, and we stood clear saying racial discrimination exists and we're mm-hmm. going to get rid of it, but we're going to get rid of it using the word of God. Yeah. And I thought that was a, um, a very good point to make where they didn't necessarily in the resolutions use critical race theory because mm-hmm. they wanted to embrace anything that comes against the word of God. Right. As far as race or abortion or any other topic. Yeah. Our source is the word of God. That's right. It's not science. It's not these other uh, secular documents. We go to the Word of God to draw our answers. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they did in these resolutions. And they were very clear that if they put critical race theory in the resolution, next year they'll come up with something else with a different name and we'll have to address it. This resolution stands firm for all time saying only the Word of God. That's, That's right. the only thing that matters to, to address these issues. Amen. Well, number three, the SBC elected Ed Litton as president for this time in our history. Mm-hmm. He's not a liberal. He's a great man. He's a great Christian. He's a great preacher. And he will do an excellent job leading our convention. That's what I believe. Mm-hmm. Now, in saying that, let me just go on the record. I didn't vote for him. <laughs> well, I voted for the other guy. There were four nominees. Yes. There, there was a very, there were a lot of people who were, who were trying um, to, to be president at this time. And, and with good reason, there's, there's a lot of division. There's a lot of people who think that they can be the unifying voice. Yet, this is the one whom God chose to yes. lead our Southern Baptist Convention uh, right now. So, Yes, he, he has some some flack that's been thrown at him that, that he is a liberal and he's on the woke side. He's not. No. And we're not at all worried about that being a possibility within the Southern Baptist Convention. I'm excited for him. I'm excited that he's my president and I'm looking forward to supporting him and see what he brings to the table. Mm-hmm. As we say, as the scripture says, the Lord puts people in authority. That's right. And he has put Ed Litton as our president, and we should be excited about that. We need to support him over the next two years and let God use him to grow our convention. Number four, the Southern Baptist Convention, and I'm excited about all these, but I'm really excited about this last one. Yeah. It kind of stands alone as far as looking forward. You know, the, the resolutions kind of look back. That's right. Number four looks forward. The Southern Baptist Convention's messengers adopted what is called Vision 2025, which is a refocus on evangelism. The subtitle of Vision 2025, Noah, is reaching every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. And you read the you read the Great Commission right from the beginning of this podcast and the great commission is wrapped into that, uh, that statement, uh, uh, clearly. That's right. There are some points that go with the vision 2025. And I think we need to, uh, unpack that and look at those. Yeah. Let's look at them. Number one, vision 2025 is a commitment, is a goal to send 500 more missionaries overseas. 
fully funded, 500 fully funded more IMB missionaries overseas. To, that leads us to, um, I think it's 4,200 is, is kind of the goal. And by 2025, to have uh, 4,200, 500 more additional Southern Baptist uh, missionaries in, in the world. That gets us over the 4,000 uh, mark that we haven't been over that in quite a while. Mm-hmm. We, we need to achieve that goal. We need missionaries, more and more missionaries on the field. That, that, that is a good thing to have more full-time missionaries Absolutely. on the field. And, and nobody can disagree. If you're a Southern Baptist, I don't know how you can disagree with that statement. Yeah. Second bullet point wants to add the vision 2025 will add 5,000 more congregations across North America. Yep. Churches. That will get us over 50,000 Southern Baptist churches in America. 50,000 churches. We should have broke that down from the population of the United States and, you know. 300 million, something like that. Yeah, yeah, 300 million and five. 5,000, so 50, what what did you say, 50,000? 50,000 congregation, you're doing the math. These congregations, these churches need to be planted, first of all, by churches. Churches plant churches. So that would be a church for every 6,000 people. Approximately, yeah. Yes, 6,000. Man, that that would be uh, incredible to uh, have 50,000 churches with 6,000 members. 6,000 people, that would be awesome, yeah. It shows the need, though, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Most of our congregations are under 50 in size. Eighty Over 80% of our congregations are under 50 in size. If we had 50,000 churches with, with uh, 6,000 people in it, then we would meet the whole population. Yep. So you can see just from that number, not that that's going to happen, that we need more churches. We need way more churches out west. That's right. We need more churches in South Florida as people are moving into Florida. We need more churches. Uh, We need more language diverse churches across our nation. And we need to wrap our arms around this vision 25 and do everything on our part. Churches, pastors that are listening to this podcast and are embracing the vision 2025, they need to say, how can I be a part of planting a church somewhere in the United States. Yeah. You know, church planting, this, this is also um, taking existing churches and affiliating them with the Southern Baptist Convention, which is another way that, that we had, of course, the goal here is planting more of those churches. But uh, in the last 10 years, we've seen such a growth of church plants in America. And, and we're excited to see that again. Um, Now, this is, we talked about this yesterday, this isn't just go and plant churches to try to reach this goal. Right. We don't want just 5,000 new congregations just to have 5,000 new congregations. We, this is a goal to strategically place these churches in areas where there is a need for churches. Yes. Uh, We don't need more churches in the Bible Belt where there's, you know, four churches on every corner. We need these in in cities and locations where there's not access to the gospel in America, and that exists, Mm -hmm. and we need these churches to be planted in those places. So so we're hoping, we're praying, we're we're working with the Southern Baptist Convention to make sure that those 5,000 congregations aren't just to reach a number goal, 
but are to strategically place a church where there is a need for the gospel. And there could possibly, if you look at the whole panhandle, there could possibly be a few spots that mm -hmm. needs a church plant. Yeah. But in general, in the panhandle of Florida, we need to focus on revitalization of churches. Right. We need healthy churches. We need to help some of our churches become healthy. And then the other side of it, as far as planting churches in the panhandle of North Florida, we need language churches. Uh, yes. So a lot of a lot of diverse languages coming into Florida. Um, and, and that's that's definitely a need where, where we're at. And that's the beauty of of churches like like we're in right now is that we can work with other people and, and other groups to plant those types of churches. Um, we're not I mean, we're not going to get six thousand people, you know, in right. our church, but right. we can probably plant a church that's bilingual or multi-language and, and multi-ethnic in this area. And, and that is a great need, um, particularly here, particularly in South Florida and all over the country. Yes. And we've done that yes, with our Spanish mission. We we have that and it's, it's good things are happening there. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, if they take these churches and just plant them in just random places where they're not needed, all that does is provide a lily pad for church hoppers to hop on. Yeah. That's all it does. And we have seen that played out. So we need to be very strategic when we plant these churches. The third bullet point for Vision 2025 is calling out the call. The next two are about calling and responding to the gospel and calling out the call. We need a renewed effort among our, our teenagers, our youth, among our college students as they're making plans of what they're going to do with their life, we need to refocus them to focus on what God has called them to be, what God has called them to do. Yeah, that's exactly right. There, there are more people, I believe, that are called into ministry, into missions, and, and into the gospel work than are responding to it. That's right. And so this is a focus really to, to really pour into those people and say, hey, this is what God is calling you to do. Respond to it, and we're going to help you through that. We have great colleges. We have great seminaries. And we need to focus on leading people in these formative years mm -hmm. to answer the call yep. on their heart. Even leveraging the career that, that, that they, they may be doing or that they're pursuing for the gospel. We probably need to have a podcast just focused on, yeah. on that point right. that just came out of your mouth, and we will. Next bullet point. I love this one. You know this is close to my heart, and it's close to your heart. Reversing the decline in children and teenage baptisms under the, 18, under the age of 18. There has been, and I believe the number was 68 or 64%. Yeah, 60, 64, It was in the 60s. Like 64, 68% decline in children and youth baptisms. And I think that was youth baptisms and children. Yeah, it was just were not, youth. It yeah, was children just youth, were not included not in that. Do you hear over 60% decline in baptisms? Now, when you take that number, Noah, and then you realize that 80% of the people come to Christ before the age of 18, right. that's an alarming number that we that there's many people turning turning 18 right now that never responded to the gospel and there's less than 20% chance they ever will. Right. Man, it you know, I mean as the 
youth pastor here, this is very near and dear to, to my heart. Teenagers, um, they're, they're not the next generation. They're the current generation. That's right. And there has been a, a I don't want to say like, there's just now a refocus back towards that age group for where a long time it was adults and, and, you know, young adults and trying to push that direction. It's, it's teenagers and it's children that, that are making these decisions. And, and they're the majority of the people within our church are people that made decisions when they were kids. Yes. And now they're, they're strong followers of Christ. And, and that, that's something that, that is very near and dear to my heart. Students are not the next generation. They're the current generation. And we need to be pouring into them and sharing the gospel with them, calling them to repentance and, and inviting them into the gospel. We had VBS a couple of weeks ago. We had an invitation for the children to respond to Christ. We had many that did. Uh, we counseled them. We weeded through them to make sure it was a real commitment to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And we were not ashamed to baptize them and bring them into the body of Christ. That's right. We had a disciple now a couple months ago, and we had 12 students respond to the gospel for salvation, rededication. And, and that was an incredible time. And it, it's all because we, we put effort into that age group and then we called them out and invited them into the gospel. We, all of our churches need to focus on children and youth evangelism. Mm -hmm. And I'm so excited that Ronnie Floyd has led us in this vision 2025 to make that a, make that a focus. There was a time not long ago where that was not the focus and we were moving away from even giving invitations to youth right. and children. And I'm excited that our convention is is pulled back the the veil and have refocused on children and youth evangelism. I tell you what, I was saved as a youth. Yeah, I was saved as a teenager. Child, child. Mm -hmm. I was eleven when I was saved. And I was and got I prayed the prayer and Jesus came into my life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen. And and there's there's a reason that Jesus emphasizes the childlike faith. Absolutely. And there's nobody who has more faith than a little kid. That's right. And and if you if you think that a, a child or a teenager cannot be saved yeah. by the gospel, you you you're sitting with your eyes closed because boy oh boy, can they have more faith than we could ever have. Next, they're in the vision 2025 is a is a focus and a goal to increase giving through the cooperative program. There's no way that we're going to send more missionaries. There's no way we're going to plant more churches if we do not increase cooperative program giving. Yes. Bills are, need to be paid. It's just real simple. We have to continue to give to the cooperative program. Yes. Uh, Pastor Shelley, why don't you take a second and do like a brief spark notes. What is the cooperative program? The cooperative program is uh, was formed uh, years ago at Southern Baptist trying to fund our missionaries. Our missionaries were were always going to the field, then they were coming home and raising money in the churches, and then they were going back to the field. They were spending more time and ener energy trying to raise more money than they were on the mission field. Mm -hmm. And so somebody, a lot smarter than me, came up with the cooperative program. And what it was was churches come together coming together and giving a percentage of the offering each week to the cooperative program. And what that became is the funding agent of all our mission outreach. 
So now a church, if you have a budget like our budget, I believe we give seven or eight percent to the cooperative program. Of course, we give two other things on top of that. But for every when a when a dollar comes in First Baptist Bonifay, seven cents or eight cents of it will go to the cooperative program right off the top, no matter what. And it is every church does that. If every church will do that, if every church will give what they can to the cooperative program, we will not have a problem funding our missionaries, our seminaries, mm-hmm. our training seminaries, our, our uh, some of our uh, uh, entities, the home mission, foreign mission. Um, all these entities are funded through the cooperative program. Yes, I can't tell you how thankful I am for the cooperative program as I'm going through seminary and I, I get that balance that says, here's tuition due. And then there's a, a, a number underneath it that says cooperative program helped, right. helped you in, in this tuition. And so, um, yeah, it helps with seminaries. It helps send missionaries. We have missionaries on the field right now that, that get money directly from the cooperative program. And so that is a, an emphasis. It's not just to, to you know, pay salaries and, and put money in people's pockets. This is to send people on mission and do the mission of God. The last bullet point for Vision 2025 is to eliminate all incidences of sexual abuse and racism among our churches. Yep. A stand against any form of sexual abuse, any form of racism. We eliminate that in our churches. Now, the Southern Baptist Convention in this Vision 25, they're not going to come down and try to police us on that. But when you adopt the Vision 25, every pastor, every leader in every church that adopts the Vision 2025 and says, we're going to eliminate sexual abuse in our leadership, we're going to do background checks. We're going to protect our children. We're mm-hmm. going to protect our women. We're going to have a pr- protect people from sexual predators. We're going to protect people for, from uh, any kind of workplace uh, discrimination. And we're going to protect people from racism from each and every Southern Baptist church. And I hope it'll be 50,000 churches uh, shortly that will say, no, we're not. Go- we're going to protect our people. We're going to protect the least of these yep. from racism and sexual abuse. That's exactly right there. We are admitting that there are instances within the Southern Baptist Convention where there is racism and where there is sexual abuse. And so together we're endeavoring to, to end that in every Southern Baptist church because we're supposed to be the, the hands and feet of Jesus. We're yes. supposed to be the light to the, to the world of darkness. And if we are engaging in sexual abuse and, and hiding those things and, and uh, you know, covering up stories and, and there's racial discrimination and division, we're not going to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We're not going to be the light of the world. All people are going to see are, is, is, oh, th- that's that church that covered up that sexual abuse scandal. And that's that church that's racist. And that's right. we, we want to be the, a Southern Baptist convention that loves people supports people, helps the, like you said, the least of these, and is so passionate about sharing the gospel that these things, they don't exist because, because we've eliminated them and we are the hands and feet of Jesus and we're sharing the gospel.
If our listeners want, want to embrace the vision 2025, one way they can do that is through the prayer team. And how you become a part of the prayer team, Noah, is if you take your phone and you text the word vision, V-I-S-I-O-N, to 90885, 90885, you will be part of the Vision 2025 prayer team. I've done that. I've done that. We, last night at prayer meeting, many of our people at prayer meeting did that. And you will get updates and we will pray together for these churches, for all of us as Southern Baptists to catch the vision of Vision 2025. And we will see all these things come to pass in the days to come. That's right. It's completely free to join this prayer team. And what this does is it helps us want to pray all together. I mean, if you've got uh, 50,000 churches, all the all the people within those 50,000 churches praying together on this, God's going to move mightily in, in, in all of these things and in, in these endeavors of Vision 2025. But what it also does is you get that text message and you see, okay, today I'm, you know, praying for uh, teenagers and, and those 18 years and younger. Well, now my mind is focused on, man, I need to increase evangelism for these people and, and for all people. And, and now my heart and my mind are then focused on the mission of God. And, and so it, you're praying, but then you're also acting on those things. And so it's an incredible resource, completely free. Again, that's vision, V-I-S-I-O-N to 908859085, completely free. Um, jump on that and, and join our prayer team. Well, when you're praying for the vision 2025, you're praying for yourself That's right. to fulfill these goals. You're not praying, oh, I hope some church out there will, will catch the vision and do it. No, you're praying, Lord, let me let me do my part mm -hmm. that we reach the, the nation for the Jesus Christ, reach the nations, plural, That's right. for Jesus Christ. Reaching every person for Jesus Christ in every town, every city, every state, and every nation. There you go. That is the Great Commission, and, and we're so glad to be able to bring you this update of the Southern Baptist Convention. We're excited for the direction that we're going. Um, again, the the Southern Baptist Convention was full of love, compassion, unity. Don't read what, what the media is saying about what happened at That's the right. Southern Baptist Convention. We were there. And it was, it was just an overwhelming sense of love and unity and compassion. And so we're excited for, for the direction that we're going. We're excited for uh, our stance against abortion, against racism. We're praying for our, our president, Ed Witten, and we're excited for Vision 2025. And we hope that, that you jump on board with that um, again. So we just thank you um, for, for joining in. Pastor Shelley, why don't you pray for us today? And we will uh, close out this podcast. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for the Southern Baptist Convention. We thank you for the gathering a couple weeks ago. I thank you for the sweet spirit. I thank you for all the pastors and leaders that were there that are focused on SBC causes, that are focused on the Great Commission. Lord, we pray for our missionaries. I pray that you will encourage them today. Lord, I pray for our churches that, Lord, you will make us all healthy churches carrying out the Great Commission. Lord, I pray for those that have a calling on their life, that, Lord, they will respond to the calling of God. 
I pray for our children and teenagers, Lord, that the gospel will be presented to them. And Lord, you will soften their hearts to receive the gospel. I pray for our cooperative program giving, Lord. I pray for an increase, Lord, that we can send more missionaries. And Lord, I pray for all the racism that's in this nation, the sexual abuse that is seems to creep into our churches and to Southern Baptist life. Lord, I pray that you will deal with each and every one of us on these subjects. Lord, that we will make a strong stand against sexual abuse and against racism. God, we look forward to the glorious day when you return. But until then, Lord, we need to be busy about your business. Lord, I'm thankful today that I'm a Southern Baptist. And Lord, just lead and guide and direct our convention. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Shelley. Thank you guys for listening. If you haven't yet, take a second, subscribe to our podcast, leave a review, uh, share it with somebody that just helps us get the word out uh, th- about this podcast. And, and uh, we, we just, we're hoping that the Lord uses this in your life and in the lives of many others to, to help you as you're engaging and, and following the, the Lord and Savior. So thank you guys for, for tuning in. Always remember, Jesus is the answer.